Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy, WEHC 90.7, coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. We've got a great show for you today, and this is a real pleasure for me. We have Trish Cheney on the show today, and she's one of our poets from around Abingdon. Many of you have heard her read at the library, so I'm just delighted. We go way back, as they say, in the early days with uh, a number of the folks who are not with us now. So, Trish Cheney, welcome to Poets and Writers. Oh, thank you, Henry. It's great to be here. All right. And as we always like to ask around the valley here, where are you from? <laughs> we talked about this before. Is it before or now? Um, I'm from Abingdon. But how I got here, uh, it's such a long story. But originally, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. Went to Virginia Tech. Lived in California for 35 years and uh, working in the software industry. And uh, then... You lived how long in California? 35 years. Well, I didn't know. I know that when we met. I knew that you had been out there. And you started out in Virginia, though, right? Yes, I did. And where was that again? Uh, Alexander. Alexander. So Up north. Northern Virginia. No, so you're a northerner. That's and, right. <laughs> and so you took some routes to get here. But uh, talk a little bit about your early days and your formative days, so to speak. Did uh, you, you have done acting, I know. And wasn't that your, was it dancing and acting that you were headed toward? No, it was music. It was singing. Um, and I had, um, I wanted to be a singer, opera, whatever. Um, I was accepted at several musical schools, but at the time couldn't afford it, uh, got scholarships, but they weren't, you know, just not enough to, uh, that I could still afford it. So um, Virginia Tech was in-state, and my dad wanted to, uh, to pay for it. So, um, so you went to Virginia Tech. And, and the closest thing was acting, mm-hmm. so in the theater arts department. They were going to add eventually a, um, a music program, and they had some music available. So um, I went into acting performance Mm -hmm. and uh, waited for the music program to start up, which happened after I graduated. So, (laughs) But you were, you went to New York or talk a little bit about that? I didn't go to New York. Okay. Where did you, LA, New York? I haven't gone that far. So what'd you do after that? (laughs) After you graduated from college, what'd you do? Well, before I graduated from college, uh, the things that turned me around in college, I did a lot of acting, did Mm -hmm. Shakespeare, introduced to Shakespeare and, um, a lot of musical theater, which I also did in high school. But in my junior, summer of my junior year, I was involved in a car accident. And um, it um, kind of put me on hold for a year at school. Uh, I had to have successive operations on my face. I went through a side window. I was not driving. I was asleep in the back seat. But um, I... uh, went through the side window and messed up my, my face, my head, and a couple of things I'm still paying for in mm-hmm. as far as physicality. But that reset my, well, what am I going to do? I can't, be, mm-hmm. um, I can't be in modeling. I can't present the pretty face. Mm-hmm. So, Christian, um, you were how old then? When? I was 21. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and talk. Yeah, go ahead there. So after that, I uh, after a year of subsequent surgeries and putting things back together, I uh, went back to school, got my last year in, and graduated a year later. And by that time, I was um, just kind of working, waitressing, hostessing, meeting a lot of uh, 
Uh-huh. I met Bonnie Raitt, met Linda Ronstadt. So you're waitressing and hosting after that, <laughs> yeah. And I uh, got married at that point. Um, my uh, best friend, who is also my, my accompanist, asked me to marry him and didn't know what else to do. So I said, <laughs> okay. So the two of us, uh, we were like young kids not knowing what to do. Right, so we right. did. We got married. And he was a chemical engineer. And we ended up, after he graduated, uh, at a work-study program. And um, we went back to where he's from. He was from Ohio. Mm-hmm. We lived there for two years. And he wanted to get into computers. And that was a new thing coming up instead of those uh, flashcards that they had that you fed into the computer machine. And he was working on uh, new programs and new things with computers. And uh, so he said, uh, why don't I want to go? He started putting his, his applications in to uh, some companies in California. And uh, he got accepted at uh, SingerLink, and we went out to California. So I could put my resume out for acting and uh, performing, and he could start his job there. Well, when we got there at Silicon Valley, we found out that, well, it's too expensive for just one person, you know, to to pay for everything. So um, I got a job, and uh, I was working in personnel before it became human resources. Mm -hmm, It was mm -hmm. called personnel. So uh, several things happened, and uh, we went our different ways at one point. Uh, We took on different different uh, things, different activities that right, we were right. interested so in. You, and you so you were young and you were growing and you were exper- experimenting. Experimenting. Okay. And um, we just grew in two different paths. So mm-hmm. we, were, we had a friendly divorce. We mm-hmm. were still friends. And um, let's see, from there. Then you went, well, <laughs> what I'm getting at, yeah. uh, listeners out there, Trish has, uh, she said 35 years, I didn't realize that, in California, in computers, talk a little bit about your work in computers out there. And of course, I love the story about your recording and your voice recording, you know, and so forth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Then then we're going to get to your poetry. You're a very good poet, and I've read with you, and we're going to get into some of your poetry. And this is WEHC 90.7 Henry McCarthy coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. Go ahead, Trish. Where were we? Well, that's it. We were talking about your career out there in California okay. in computers and how you have that voice that everybody can hear somewhere. Well, what happened with that was uh, I was uh, with a temporary agency, Kelly Girl is mm-hmm. what they called them. And uh, they said, well, we need somebody to answer the telephone. And we need switchboard operators at this one company. It's a cute little computer company. I said, well, I can answer the phone. That, that's pretty good. I've had experience yeah. with that. And so, I said, and I said, well, what is the uh, what's the name of this cute little company? Right. And I said, well, it's called Apple. Absolutely. I went, ah, well, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Right. So uh, I started there, and I was one of four switchboard operators at Apple Computer, and uh, it was at a time when you could go. It was just booming. The whole place was right. booming. This would have been about what year without dwelling on uh, it? 1981, uh, early 80s. Apple Computers, and I have a story about Apple Computers too, but I won't go uh-huh. there right now. But, yes, they showed up. I was doing training administrators in Denver, and this 
group of young guys showed up and they were with Apple. And basically they wanted, because we were training superintendents, principals all over the country, so they wanted access to the schools. And I had questions for them, and I told them basically we probably would never be using them in the schools. So, uh, <laughs> Trish, so you were at this small <laughs> Apple company. Uh, go ahead. Okay. And so what happened? So uh, the place was growing, and it was the kind of time when um, they were saying, well, we need somebody to do this. And you mm-hmm. well, I can do that. You, okay, you, you're hired. And so I went through the company uh, doing, I was a switchboard operator, was an area administrator, was a security advisor, uh, made keys and locks for all the buildings for the engineers, that type of thing. It was a very raw and very, and I ended up a um, engineering project manager, but one of the things that got me into voice, I was a secretary for the um, user education department, and they were writing scripts for um, showing people tutorials, how to, how to use the mouse, how to use the, uh, the Macintosh. And very early on, people didn't know how to use a computer. I know that seems weird, but it wasn't as no. easy as Steve said it was. Yes, Steve as in Steve Jobs. Yes, right? yes. yes. They would give me the script, and I would just read it back to them, the writers. And they say, hey, you're pretty good. Do you, would you mind if we recorded you? I said, well, they said, we'll pay you. I said, okay. <laughs> so uh, so you started using doing voice then. I, d- I started doing voice with Apple. Mm-hmm. And uh, that went on until, uh, boy, ended in the 90s. And they started using, at one point, um, voices. They were putting voices into the computer. And this was initially to help, not disabled, but people who couldn't hear correctly wow. or had to... Um, uh, would type in things, and it, the computer would talk back to you. It, they were working on that as a project. So they were asking employees if they would volunteer. Of course, I would, and I did. And they said, um, we want to put your voice into the computer and into the operating system. So you mm. wouldn't, you wouldn't mm-hmm. hear the machine voice. You'd okay. hear, it'd have a more human aspect to it. Huh. So uh, they said, just give us a, uh, give us a phrase that you would like to use that we could tape. And I said, well, okay, wouldn't you like to have a computer that will talk to you? And they use that. And that is still in the operating system under the um, voice control so panel. It With Apple, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we could hear your voice. Yeah. You're very famous with that. <laughs> and what was the phrase? I forget. Isn't it nice to have a computer that will talk to you? Wow. Okay. And so the name of that voice is Vicky. So how do you pull that up? I'm not going to try. I'm not. Not now, Henry. Folks know that (laughs) that technology is not my forte, to say the least. And we have an excellent producer here, Ivy Shepard, who guides me through this. So now we're going to talk about poetry. So you had been writing poetry and keeping it to yourself and so on. So then you come to Abingdon and you join a poetry group. Or tell me how you got involved with the poetry group in Abingdon. So you found a small town to come to, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. I came on the, mm-hmm. on the, um, my brother asked me to come out here. So mm-hmm. I came out and at his request and, and uh, liked it and decided to stay. So moved here. And uh, so I started uh, with poetry back in California, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first things I, I started with was the fantasy and so, oh, fairies. And yes, you do so, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
Shall I read? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So we're going to have Trish, we're going to move on with into the poetry now. I first met her at the Poets and Writers Group, and my gosh, those were the old days with Doc Miller and so on. And uh, David, of course, was is still with us, and we still have a group down there at the depot. And Trish came, and I remember, well, I remember her poetry, but she also brought some nice cookies from time to time. So Trish Cheney, let's have some of your poetry and talk a little bit about what you're going to read right now. You're talk, you, you have different themes and so forth, but let's get some poetry on here on Poets and Writers today. Go for it, Trish. Okay, I just want to tell you, Henry, I found the poem, and at our next Poet Writers, I will make the cookies that go with the poem. Oh, that's wonderful, That's my pledge to you. All right, (laughs) and while you're getting your poetry together, remember, folks, this is, you can send poems to McCarthy Henry at yahoo.com or to the radio station, and we will put them on. We're always interested in hearing poems from our listeners. Go ahead, Tris Chang. Okay, the first one is a uh, what I thought would be my best attempt at putting it into a book form, and it's called "In the Midst of Fairies," and it's divided up into five places. In the midst of fairies, In the midst okay. Of fairies. All right. So, number one, the fairies. Fairies dance neath the moon, especially in the month of June. They care for flowers and garden creatures and simulate their favorite features. You may not always see them there, for they use this trick to float on air. Some take a shape to off-disguise and seem to us a pretty prize. Yet do not pick that flowery stem. You may not know. It could be them. Oh, I love that. Gosh, it reminds me. You know, I've told you that we have some land on the creeper trail, and I think of the flowers out there all the time. And we found a box turtle out there yesterday, and one of my friends on Facebook said, it was so great to see a box turtle because they're disappearing. I didn't know they were endangered. So, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, go give us another okay. poem. This is the second part. This is the toad. Mm. There was a toad. His name was Grog. He made his house under a log. The fairies come to his house to sing and dance around within a ring. He'd croak the bass in joyful glee, so glad to be a part, you see. And they'd not care if he looked wrong, for he'd complete their fairy throng. With grog and dance, what more is right, especially on a summer night? Summer night, my goodness. Okay, moving right along with your poetry. Part three, The Mm -hmm. Owl. Ah, the wise old owl, his name be Mort. He watches all as they cavort. He turns his head this way, then that, ever mindful of the cat. His eyes so luminous reflect the light that moon gives out during the night. He questions all, he has to know. His books, his learning do not show. What creature is it makes us dance that leads the fairies to romance? He'll fly on with single question over mountainside till night is done, making it his only mission until he finds it is no one. All right. And you have another one there too, right? I have two more. Two more in this sequel, right? In this This, sequel. Okay. And then this theme. All right. Go for it. Number four is the queen. So fairies there. So fairies are there to patch things up. And have you drink from their wine cup. The wine so sweet will make you glad of that encounter you just had. Yet, the fairy queen is still a pirate, for she'll steal your heart. 
Don't be fooled by her soft voice, for in her dance you'll soon take part. And she will take you to those places that you've heard about, where all is peace and all is joy. Then none will hear you shout. So beware, me lads and lassies, of the fairy queen. She may yet linger in your hearts, but she will ne'er be seen. The fairy queen. All right. And this one winds mm-hmm. it up. This Good is called day. Solstice. Solstice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched the solstice moon rise in the sky above. Why, it is the time for fairies and the sweet talk of love. So gather all around ye, sweet lilac, rose, and rue, and we shall sing and dance around and spin till night is through. And while the fairies they be dancing, the lovers they will court and press their hands and lips together as twas all in sport. Ah, love, I wish you near me to partake in the sweet night, to find by all our senses, yet lose ourselves by light. Well, that's very beautiful. And this is a, these are five poems in a fantasy sequel, right? That's yeah. one. Of, yes. Yes, beautiful. Yes. And I love Thank the lilacs, and you know I love poetry. And permit me to say that I thought of uh, Whitman's when lilacs last in the dooryard bloomed. You know mm. that mm-hmm. the whole theme of the beautiful nature, fantasy, and so on, and and the fairy queen. Okay, so let's have. Some more poetry from Tris Cheney today on Poets and Writers. I watched a spider spin her web whilst I applied some paint. To walls once white, now faded, a color none too faint. And that is how we change ourselves, a different look so new. By adding color to our lives, we cover things with hue. But back to Mrs. Spider, so busy with her deed, I painted thus around her. "'cause paint she didn't need. "'And because she was light brown "'and stayed near where I sat, "'she glowed against the wall of green "'and seemed to like it, that. "'As she got off from her web, "'oh, yes, the paint had dried, "'and walked this way and that "'and then stopped and simply sighed. "'You'll have to paint again, you know. "'This spider was unique, "'for I'll need a darker green around "'to show off my honey teak.' Now, I was caught off guard. Who knew I'd have occasion to meet whilst I was painting? Such a spider of great fashion. So you never know within this life what'll give you your direction. You may get inspired by fashion or be hit by a wall of correction. So, so you may get inspired or you may be hit by a wall of correction. I think... All of us have that, don't we? If we live, Trish, we have this happen to us. I, we do. Yeah. We may get inspired. You yes. may get inspired, yes. <laughs> but uh, yes, all right. Wow. That's uh, the story. That's not Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> but it went up the water spout. Yes, okay. And so, and I know that in reading with you, um, We've had, so you go ahead and talk some more. Don't let me get into your poem. You just share today. You're sharing with okay, us okay. some other poems uh, that you would like to share, some of your favorites that you have read. I know for us on a Friday night there at Zazie's and so on years ago. I have one about, uh, well, I have a couple about dreams, but I'll just about read dreams. this one. Okay. Dreams, well, yeah. Okay. 
This is the elephant dream. So you have elephant dreams, okay. <laughs> I forgot to tell the elephant who is standing by my side he cannot fit inside his trunk if that is where he'd hide. Because he, then he would be inside out. A message surely be. And if it were a cold he caught, he couldn't really sneeze. Hmm. All right. That one on well, that's enough. I'm to, I was floating a little bit with you on that one there. All right. Yeah, when you said elephant dreams. All right. One more poetry, and then we'll talk a little bit in general about what you like to read and how, how you get inspired by it, okay? Okay. Let's have one more, and then we'll talk a little bit. The muse, will you come back? The muse, will you come back? We all have to have a muse, right? We do. Yes. You, wait a minute. Do you have a muse? Uh, well, you go ahead and read your poem. We'll talk okay. about a muse because... Okay. We embrace once again. Oh, it's good to be held, if only by our words and the phrases we meld. I was left on that shelf, or that bank of the brain, the one where we go when we're feeling inane. So take me down, let's play as we did, and toss me around, for I am at your whim. You can pull on my hair, go ahead, it's for real, and you can twist my poor arm, no worries, I'll heal, and I'll be your doll to have and to hold, and you can have me forever, even if we get old, for I'll always be here, in your mind, in your heart, and you can take me wherever, and we never will part. But as I am here, you must also know we have other lives, other places to go. This physical realm calls us, and we must obey. At least till these bones and these muscles give way. But tell me, dear friend, what made you come back? What do I have that you seem to lack? You call me out, and yes, I am here. But will you come back when I call you, my dear? The muse. Well, listeners out there, I think many of us have a dear friend, or, and certainly if we're writers or performers or human beings, we need a good friend or an... And the writers will often use the term muse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, talk a little bit more about that poem, how you came to write it. Well, I did have a muse at one point, uh, and I think we can have several different muses. Uh, and, and this muse was, uh, it was kind of, when are you coming back to me? What about my, he, he may not have known that he was my muse, but it was... What was uh, it, a serious relationship? I'm, I'm playing psychiatrist here. Ah, no, no. it was not a serious... Okay, but I'm, I'm serious because if you... It could ha- have been. You, and you shared your poems with him. Yes. With him. Yes. So, okay. And he was a good listener, right? Well, maybe not. Maybe I not. I mean, maybe not that I shared them with him. Oh, okay. So... What, what I was thinking about amuse, one aspect in writing is you want somebody who will reaffirm you and listen to you, but at the same time point out the plus and minuses. You know where I'm going? So within actual, you know, for example, I talked with Lee Smith, and she would say, well, you need to have some people listen to this. And she's not really into major criticism, but I think of that kind of muse. Ah. And you're thinking of amuse more of a general uh, more of, of an in general, mm-hmm. a friend, mm-hmm. someone that comes back to you a lot yeah. and maybe that you would like to have a relationship with or, you know, something like that. 
Right. Well, loneliness, uh, no, we, we all certainly, particularly during COVID, need friends, and we've communicated in different ways. But to have those special people in your life is very important, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tris Cheney, thank you for reading that poem about the muse on Poets and Writers today. Give us one more poem. Maybe uh-huh. two. Yeah. <laughs> what we have to do here is we have to get a mix, as you know. And okay. one of the things I had a writer, I'm sharing this with you, I had a writer who submitted some poems. And, and frankly, they were so long that, you know, we do a 28-minute show. Uh-huh. We had to limit him to, I think, one short poem or maybe two. And anyway, he was a little offended with that. So, so But a couple more. I'm watching the clock here. And okay. producer, Ivy Shepard. Keeps okay. tab of it, so go for it. Here's one. This is called Zora. It's called what? Zora. Okay. Tis the night before midterms, and all through my house, <laughs> my papers and books substitute for my spouse. I read and I study and I make notes in red while phrases in Latin tumble round in my head. My cat meows, and I look down to see, Hey, when can we eat? Pay attention to me. A pat on the head should suffice for a time. I go back to reading, and as she starts to climb, onto my lap, then desktop. Oh, no, get off the keyboard. You're making it go into oblivion, and now it's so slow. Oh, great, you've confused it. Oh, where can I be as I press and depress each individual key? I'll click, double-click. Ah, that doesn't work. Now the screen has gone blank. Maybe a virus that lurks? The cat, in the meantime, has jumped down below and licks paws and whiskers while enjoying the show. See that? I told you, she says very smug, make time for me and stretches out on the rug. I know. Oh, I love that. We all love cats. Some of us love cats. Some of us are <laughs> dog lovers. And and uh, so you have cats, right? You have one, I know. I have four. You have four cats. Yes, three seniors and one almost two. My goodness gracious, what are their names, Tris Cheney, <laughs> on Poets and Writers today? Yeah. Uh, Mitz, Jake, mm-hmm. Chloe, and Charlie. Oh, I love it. So four cats and... Well, that, there is uh, some great poems about cats. All right, as we move along, last poem today, Tris Cheney, on poets and writers. Okay. Uh, let's see. Another short one? Yeah, one short one. Okay, one short one. Here you go. This one people can, can get back to us on. What do you call a bunch of vultures? A vamp? They don't really tease, but do repeat. A volume? They're not very loud, but they do occupy the space. A vortex, perhaps, for they do swirl. Hmm. And what is the title of that poem, Chris Cheney? Uh, Thoughts in the Sky Above. All right. In Vultures, right? Vultures. Yeah, yes, and we see them around Avenue, good people. Oh, yes. I want to thank you for sharing some of your life and poems on Poets and Writers today, Tris Cheney. And do you have any closing comments? Pet Me by Trish W. Cheney. Mention that, right? You're holding it up. Uh, I put one of my poems together for a book and uh, back about six years ago, and it's available on on uh, Amazon, but still. Oh, great. It's a it's, great little book. Oh, right, and I love the illustration, and it's Pet Me. And so were some of your poems that you just read in here? Or it's they, oh, it's the it? one poem. Okay, this is, oh, here we go. 
Here, here's the poem. It's beautifully illustrated. My goodness, it's a great children's book yes. for adults. Pet Me is a whimsical poem that takes an illustrated look at us and our relationships with our, our pets. pets. All right, and you can get it on Amazon, right? Yes. Beautiful book, beautifully illustrated. Thank you very much. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or still away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Thank you for listening today. Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal Puff and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Oh, Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee. Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee.